Finding the right cleat can be transformative. Believe me, I've worn plenty during my career. So getting the right balance is crucial. The cleat needs to feel good on your foot, but also feel good connecting with the ball. The New Balance Furon 7 Plus is built with both of those points in mind, offering overall comfort and precise striking in the game's fastest moments. Because, as I learned the hard way, because I didn't possess much of it, speed matters in soccer. That's why the Furon 7 Plus is built for accuracy and precision at rapid pace and is engineered specifically for use on firm ground. Why is this the ideal cleat, I hear you ask? Well, not to get too scientific, but the Furon 7 Plus offers a lightweight yet supportive hypo-knit with mesh lining upper construction and is paired with offset lacing for a truer strike of the ball, which is a long way of me saying that your game will immediately get better when these are on your feet. Learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome into Attacking Third and happy NWSL Championship weekend, everyone. We have a massive show for you today with a live update straight from Snapdragon Stadium later in the show. But before that, I'm your host, Jenny Chu, alongside Lisa Carlin and Christine Kupo, who is back in the lineup after coming back from a big injury. It's great to have you back, Christine. Happy to be back. So glad you're off the IL. Glad to, <laughs> glad to have you here. I, I really took that um, SEI hard, but you know, I'm back. I'm back. It's fine. Season-ending injury. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> I, I, Act like you've been here before, I know, you? I was trying. I said I-L. Uh, injury list. Got it. Okay, yeah, yeah. I have to do all the calculations here. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we're getting closer to it. Anyways, we have so much to cover on the show, so we'll get right into it. Um, first of all, in the news, Crystal Dunn is leaving the Portland Thorns as a free agent after three seasons with the club. She announced her departure on Instagram yesterday. The 31-year-old U.S. Women's National Team star helped lead the Thorns to the NWSL Championship in 2022. She made 20 appearances for the Thorns in 2023, registering five goals and two assists, returning to action after the birth of her son. Um, is this a surprise to see her leaving Portland? No, I'm going to say no. She spent three years with the Thorns. She won a championship there. Um, she started her family there, as you mentioned, giving birth to her son. And as she mentioned, the, the PA fought for free agency for players like her. And so why not exercise it and use the, those muscles, see what she can get for herself because she's she's not done playing by any means. And I think that's also a really big takeaway because there are some fans holding their breath to see what would happen after this. Um, but she's still got a long career ahead of her. Uh, I like this move for Crystal Dunn. I do. All right, Christine, that leads me to where do you think she's going? Uh, I, You know what? I think perhaps we'll see her go play in, in, in France. 
Ooh. Maybe maybe a little international duty. She's just got she's got a lot of talent, and I feel like she's far from done, right? No pun intended, although. Oh, wow. We're, we're that was so funny. <laughs> With the puns today. Today, I don't know. But um, she's, you know, the U.S. team darling, essentially, right? We're always going to be rooting for her, seeing her appearance in the midfield one of these days. And maybe, maybe her next move brings her back into the midfield. Yeah, I mean, that would be good to see. She spent time with Chelsea uh, a little over a season, almost two, um, in the Super League with Chelsea. I do have to say, though, She's a Long Island native. Mm -hmm. I was going to say if she's going to go to Gotham. Gotham FC is home. Maybe maybe Gotham win this, get their first ship, see a done little nudge out of the sand that's like, hey, maybe maybe we could do a thing here. Can you imagine? That would be crazy. Look at Gotham's well, because midfield right you now. You know why I say that? It's because the video from U.S. Women's National Team between Midge and Crystal came out, and they were talking about, what is it, like your favorite or your best dream vacation? And um, Midge guessed that Crystal's was back home to New York, and she doesn't get to go back to New York often, but her family is there. And she mentioned how much it would make her happy to go to New York, and that reminded me potentially going yeah. to Gotham would so fulfill that return to her and family. That's the beauty of free agency. These players get to choose where they want to go, and they get to make a, a bid for themselves. And so I think she has a really good argument and a really good case to end up on Juan Carlos Amoroso's roster. Well, that's one thing, but then Emma Hayes had that article that we spoke about um, on the last show where she talked about all the players being in NWSL and potentially the need for them to go elsewhere yeah. um, to expand their horizons. And that then brings up your potential France option, uh, Christine. I mean, Perry FC have been pretty fire. They, they could poke around, maybe a little Lyon action. I don't know. Oh, time will tell. Yes, it will be interesting to follow that. Um, sad to see uh, her leave, but happy to see what is on the horizon for her there. Um, let's go ahead and switch gears into the WSL because there is action this weekend there as well. Tottenham is going to be playing against Liverpool at 7.30 a.m. Eastern time on Paramount+. Plus, and we also have Leicester City and Arsenal playing on Paramount+, Plus as well at 1.45 p.m. Eastern time. So those are the two big games on our air. Let's go ahead and talk about them. Lisa, will you take me through Tottenham and Liverpool? and what we can expect from that side. Yeah, I like this matchup on Sunday. You look at Tottenham's form. They're they're one of the most informed teams in the Super League right now. They've got four unbeaten in league play. And midfielder Drew Spence has done a lot for this team in the midfield. And she's the engine in terms of making sure the transition gets going for Tottenham early and, and stopping all the opposition's transition as well. Up top, they've got Martha Thomas, the summer signing who has just shown out for this Tottenham side. She's got six goals on the year. They need her to continue in this form and continue rolling with it. I want to see a little bit more combination play across the front line for Tottenham, especially because they're going against a Liverpool side that is coming off a big win for them. They just got their first win since October 8th. And this is a team that's been a little leaky uh, when it comes to conceding goals because they can't seem to keep things out of the back of the net. So for Tottenham, their eyes need to get big when they look at those stats against this Liverpool side. Can they score early for Tottenham and score often, get in behind, send crosses into the box, look to go one-on-one, -on -one, and then when they draw in those defenders, can they kick it out with a pullback cross inside the box because there are a lot of good opportunities there. Sure. We also have Liverpool's Gemma Bonner coming up with yeah. her second stint at the club. The last time that she was captaining that side, they had back-to-back -back championships. She's just hit the new uh, appearance record for Liverpool within the WSL. I think that that bodes well for that side. They seem to really be coming together in terms of just their confidence. Mm -hmm. And then also just like an old tip of the cap for this certainty that she's been here before and is able to guide the side. 
All right, we move on to the other match, Leicester and Arsenal. That'll also be on Paramount+. Plus. Christine, take me through it. Arsenal definitely getting their footing. We have uh, Beth Mead and Viv Miedema who have been along their progress in their recovery and return. We also have Ilsted back, which is a great sign. Um, now, historically in this matchup, the last times, at least three of the four times, Arsenal absolutely leveled Leicester yeah. City. Okay, like bad. Like all four meetings, Leicester City have gone goalless. Uh, the last of all was last May, um, coincidentally, four days after Arsenal had gotten bumped out of Champions League by Wolfsburg, um, was probably the closest margin with Arsenal winning 1-0. Uh, so Leicester City not having a very good season thus far, sitting seventh, uh, although I think that some of their transfer market moves expected people to be finding them a little bit more sure-footed mm -hmm. going forward. Uh, I expect yet another Arsenal bloodbath. They have equipped themselves this season to move forward for Champions League, and now given the unfortunate circumstances of having been bounced out early. Um, they have more than the required tools to get them through this and the Cardi Cup. They have a really deep bench, for sure. Mm -hmm. and, and we got to see Arsenal kind of rotate some of those gears. We got to see the first appearance of Kara Cooney cross She got 85 minutes for Arsenal. Chris, do you That's think she's going to start? That's a minutes for I know. For, like, uh, I think that uh, given the way that they've rotated thus far, especially since the Champions League fallout, it seems that they've been um, fielded more favorably in terms of their opposition rather than what you'd consider a more uh, stable starting 11 traditionally. So I think there's some tinkering going on. I, I don't doubt well, it. Well, yeah, I mean, there is a lot of tinkering between like FA Cup play and Super League play. There's been a lot of rotation in the 11 that we see. Yeah. So um, I think she may get the start again. Oh, I hope so. I think she provides so much in the midfield uh, for this Arsenal side because of her ability to see the whole field. She can switch point of attack really well. She can combine well in the attacking third. I like this start for her. Yeah, I think that this is also sort of a, a weird loop back to the last time that they met where mm -hmm. it kind of solidified their ability to go forward in the title race for last season. And I think that they're finally hitting the rhythm again this season. So maybe that'll be their little Leicester City positive harbinger. <laughs> Plenty of women's football on this weekend. Remember, we have that final. So we're going to be taking a look at the awards that have been given out before that final next on Attacking Third. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And here we go. The brace for Caroline. Janet Neiswander. What a moment for the rookie. Caroline is through. Flag stays down for now. Caroline on the right foot around the keeper. Caroline! A first half brace. And it's 3 0. Neiswander from distance. Fires it. Terrific goal. Caroline, that's deflected and it goes in. 2-1 North Carolina. That is sensational from Caroline. 
Welcome back to Attacking Third. All eyes may be on the trophy tomorrow night, but the NWSL handed out a few other pieces of silverware today, including the MVP and Rookie of the Year awards. North Carolina Courage forward Caroline has been named the 2023 NWSL Most Valuable Player. The 23-year-old is the first Courage player and first Brazilian and Latin American to earn the league's highest individual honor. The Brazilian international who joined the Courage in 2022 finished as runner-up in the Golden Boot race, scoring 10 times in the regular season to become just the third Brazilian and fourth Courage player to notch double-digit goals in a regular season campaign. She also scored the game-winning goal in the 2023 NWSL Challenge Cup final, leading the Courage to the seventh club trophy in history of that club, an NWSL record. Guys, how are we feeling about Caroline winning this award? Finally, I mean, it, we all knew this uh, throughout the entirety of the season, and we talked about it here. This is so well-deserved for Caroline. She was not only a standout across the league, but specifically within North Carolina Courage. When she was on the pitch, her chances created and her ability to drive between the lines, her vision to connect with teammates, uh, cut it back and, and slot this goal home. I mean, that was one of her more simplistic goals uh, of her 10 throughout this year. And she did it with such poise and such consistency throughout the season. And that is something to me that's super key for an MVP. It, it's not just how many goals you score or, or how many times you, you start a game, but how you do it consistently throughout the season, how you impact your team and what happens when you're not there. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, we got to see what North Carolina was like without Caroline throughout the World Cup when she was away with Brazil, but also at the very end of the season when she got injured and then North Carolina in their first playoff game against Gotham, they, they couldn't combine for anything in the attacking third without Caroline. She was so important to that team, and it was very obvious when she was missing. Uh, Christine, how do you feel about I it? I mean... Caroline wore an e-brace, so I, I too <laughs> decided that I now wear an e-brace, I guess, right? Um, she is just, she's a monster on the ball, okay? Like, number one, shot, shot creation, keeping the tack alive. Uh, she's just a joy to watch. I, I expected this. It's just really nice and a lot of fun at this point to be able to actually give her her flowers. Uh, and she's only 23. So she's also the eighth nominated Courage player for MVP in the league, the first to win. Yeah. And I feel like that makes a massive statement. She's also the first South American player to win the NWSL MVP award. Uh, I just... I wish her the best. I'll be eyes on her going forward. I wish her a speedy recovery. I can't wait to see her back. And with Caroline winning this award representing Brazil and South America, you look at now the trickle-down effect of all of these other Brazilians that have come into the NWSL. And the fact that Caroline wins this award because of all the success she's had in this league, specifically in Sean Nehas' system with all the possession he likes mm -hmm. to keep and the system that really caters towards Caroline's style of play when she is on the ball, driving at back lines, combining an incredibly high soccer IQ in order to create these chances. I think the future looks really bright for the league in order to continue to get those Brazilians into the NWSL yeah. and shining. Does that open a door um, just to see her rewarded for her style of play that is particularly known to be Brazilian? Yes, I, I think it does. And Caroline has found a lot of success. And Marta obviously found a lot of success in the NWSL, specifically with Orlando. But now that multiple players are able to do it, you look at Dabinia and the honors and the nominees that she has also gotten, it makes it a little bit more realistic that not only are these players 
playing in the NWSL, but these Brazilians are winning awards and being honored for their play. Okay, let's continue with these awards because a rookie of the year, Jenna Neiswanger, joined Gotham FC as a first-round draft pick, and she converted from a star college forward into a stronghold defender for the club. The rookie sensation played more minutes than any other rookie in the regular season. I mean, she was monumental for Gotham's back line, and we all kind of talked about her recently saying that we all agreed that she should be Rookie of the Year or Defender of the Year or something. <laughs> she deserved an award for everything Give that she had done. Exactly. <laughs> her composure as a rookie does not read as rookie, in my opinion. Um, if you just told me blindly just to watch her play, I'd say she's you know at least halfway through her career. It's it's remarkable what she's managed to do. Her strengths all in set pieces, an absolutely lethal left foot. Um, again, her composure on the ball, her ability to create chances in the final third, um, to find passes and ways through to keep the attack alive that nobody else can find that you just think, hey, we're dead in the water. Mm -hmm. She just is a more mature player than you'd expect her to be. And quite frankly, she does all of the things that she was drafted to do from the back seat. Right? <laughs> exactly. She, she's covering more field than she ever has. Yeah, this is a player that in college at Florida State, she played in much more of an attacking role. She was a number 10. She was a midfielder. And Juan Carlos Amaros at Gotham realized it, her skill set and her, honestly, her soccer IQ and her ability to play both sides of the ball and converted her to a left back. Now, there was about a week of training for Jenna Nightswanger in the left back position as a rookie. <laughs> and in Gotham's opening match, Allie Krieger, the center back, goes down in the first 10 minutes. So it becomes, all right, Jenna. We need you to step up now. You don't get off this week. They slotted some things around. She she moved her way into that left-back position, and she was able to score three goals as a left-back. She wow. led Gotham in tackles. She was number one of all rookies in tackles one at 35. Her ability to play both sides of the ball is so key in, in why she deserves this award. And watching her in this playoffs for Gotham and now getting to watch her in the NWSL championship is going to be crucial because her role is different than what it has been in, in past games and even past years of her soccer career. She now is in charge of occupying the space down the flanks, creating numerical overloads in the attacking end with Lynn Williams and Midpurse and the forwards, while also being sure to track back and, and stay in her organizational defensive shape. Uh, this is huge for Jenna Neiswanger. That I'm so pairing happy for with Greninha, too, so good. speaking of Brazilians, is just so, so, so good. They are just very effective. Back Both outside backs I find so effective. I mean, Bruninha for me, has so many tackles that are just game-changing, you know, that could be very potentially lethal um, attacks that mm -hmm. she takes out with beautiful tackles. I mean, I'm so impressed with her. And then you'll see her at the very other side of the field. So for that to be balanced on both sides for Gotham's yeah. defense Especially trusting massive. them for sitting high in that defensive line, knowing that that attacking line is so high. Um, they cover a lot of field. Yeah, they absolutely do. Okay, so when I think about Rookie of the Year, obviously Messiah Bright was a, was a player that we talked about a lot potentially being Rookie of the Year. She was obviously nominated but not voted. Do we feel like that was incorrect or you, you feel like Jenna and Icewangers, um, I guess longevity throughout the season, consistency is what won her that? I think Jenna Nightswanger's ability to play on both sides of the ball is what mm -hmm. earned her this Rookie of the Year nomination and her ability to do it so consistently with Gotham because once she slotted into that back line, she was a starter and she didn't go anywhere for Juan Carlos Amaros. I think when you look at Messiah Bright, an incredibly talented forward with Orlando Pride, her ability to find the back of the net, but it took her a little bit to get going, which it often does for rookies in the NWSL. The physicality and the tempo of the game just takes a little bit longer 
longer to adjust. So the fact that Neiswanger could do that from the very onset in her first 80 minutes yeah. of play up until the championship proves it for her. For me, the two players were absolutely neck and neck, but the, the, in terms of quality and ability to do a bit more, yes, I, I think that the right decision was made. That's not a slight to Messiah Bright. I think that she is formidable. Again, another player that has a lot more composure, maybe a little less, though, I'd say, than Neiswanger, um, ability to find goals and sniff them out. Um, a lot of those same attacking qualities, but not necessarily the other side of the game. And perhaps if Orlando did a little bit better throughout yeah, this season. I was going to say, it also sure. depends right. around the team that ha she yes. has around her yes. and how the coach kind of utilizes her. It also becomes dependent on that. But you know what? That's someone that has a very bright future. We'll be continuing to follow both of those rookies. Messiah Bright. She's got a bright oh. future. <laughs> that was good. You You're caught good. it. You're you good. It. All right. <laughs> speaking of award winners, we have something special for you after this break. You're going to want to stay with us because we interviewed the new NWSL coach of the year, Juan Carlos Amaros. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome into Attacking Third. We have a special guest today, Gotham FC's head coach, Juan Carlos Amaros, who has just announced the 2023 NWSL Coach of the Year. We are so excited to have you on, Coach. Um, but first of all, the final is upon us. How are you feeling ahead of this match day? Well, very excited, you know, that finally we made it here. And, and for us, as we always say, we are not done yet. This was our target. And... And we are ready to go out there, play our game, compete, and hopefully come back to to New York, New Jersey with with the trophy. No. Well, coach, you did it. You you made it to the NWSL Championship, but that is not what earned you the title of Coach of the Year this year. It was all the work that you did leading up until this place. When you look back at this 2023 season, what allowed you to have so much success on the field and ultimately earn you Coach of the Year in the NWSL? I think it was from from the first moment that we started together with with Ed and the ownership group with Yael and how they supported in this case my vision and and they allowed me to first bring certain staff with Jesus and the rest of the guys that join us from from Europe and and putting them together with fantastic group of people that was already here and the most important part it was really from the first day with the, with the players, uh, we could feel that there was something special, uh, a relation of trust where, where they enjoy, they have clear what they need to do, they, they have fun and they feel that we try to help them all to be better every day. And, and doing that together from, from really day one where we started in, in New Jersey in a dome to, to in our first uh, session till, till now, they've been fantastic from, 
from Ali the captain to to our youngest player who is Bruninha uh, everyone has really has really bought into into a style into a way of doing things and extremely happy that that they've been rewarded because for me this this coach of the year is really an award for the whole club uh, i think it really recognizes a special team that that year has achieved something something special so so for me very very happy because this award is is definitely for every single one of them no Coach, there's been a number of Gotham players deservingly nominated and winning awards this season. I think most notably Rookie of the Year, Jenna Nicewanger, who has managed to do everything that everyone knew she could do when she was drafted from the back seat. How has it been sort of working with these girls and getting the most out of them? Because for the most part, you've kind of changed the entire formation and identity of this team in a single season. Yeah, obviously for us, um, when Jesus proposed that, that Jenna could play at left back and, and we started doing it, I think it, it was very obvious that she felt she fit uh, really into the style of, of the fullbacks that we want because she's very, very good defending, but then she also can get us out of pressure. She's fantastic on the build-up and then she produces a lot going forward. and. Related to the style, I think it's been a work from from day one where every player needs to understand the role and the responsibility within it and, and, and the roles around them because we, we work a lot about exchanging positions and rotations. So a player's really, really bought into it. I think we've done a, a very good job trying to be in the same page and, and making sure that we we were stable in our approach to every week of work, whatever we won or, or we lost. And I think it, that put it together with uh, the players really enjoying every day their training and understanding that the most important thing is what you see here behind me, that, that logo of the New York, New Jersey Gotham Football Club is what it took us this, this far because we've had to use with, with all the injuries and moments up and down of certain players during the year and international international breaks, we've used every player and and every single one of them that has stepped on that pitch uh, are the reason why we are in this championship final. It's so incredible to hear you talk about your players like that and the fact that that stability is so important. But that's not something that you always had, right? I mean, Gotham was last in the league in 2022 and you guys are now in that final. How did you get here? Well, I think we a clear pathway, being consistent in, in the approach, not only to the games, but to the day-to-day -day work. We we really try to do our best for every single one of our players and our players. Uh, they all have the feeling that if they work well, uh, they can be on, on that team. No, they, There are players that have been playing the last few games that weren't playing at the beginning of the year. There is the other way around. There is... Every single one of them has had uh, not their chance because we gave them. I always tell them that I don't give them chances. They earn them. And, and I think that that competition between them, healthy competition, is what is pushed the team to, to this level because they know that there is a lot of talent and it doesn't matter your name. What it matters is what you do for the team. And, and like that is uh, the, the work or, or the performances that have got us to to this point, no? but uh, for us it's, it's, it's great and it's a very special week because we focus also on, on enjoying every day, but our target from day one was to play this game tomorrow and and that's what we were here to do. We want to play, we want to compete and we, and we want to win that, that trophy. No? 
Coach, this has been your target to get to this this final. And now that you're here, when you reflect on this past season, is there a moment or a game or an instance in which you thought, we're going to take this all the way. This is the group that's, that's going to do it for me. I think if I have to choose a moment, probably I will choose the, the San Diego game away. I think that game was very special for us. For me, it was probably, and I told them at the end, it was one of the hardest games of my career. We go for serious injuries with Abby, Taylor Smith, Mako, um, and I also, also Mitch had to come out of that game. It was really, really hard. We end up with Neely Martin in goal, playing with 10 players. And when I saw the team with 10 players dominating the game, with an outfield player in goal, and I could see the San Diego people asking for the game to finish with 2-0. We scored the 2-1. And I, I saw how the team was leaving their heart out there and still playing in, in that way. I said, you know what? And I told them at the end, I said, look, like I know we lost and this was probably the hardest game of the year for, for a lot of us, but this is the game that is going to take us to come back here on November 11th. And I'm lucky to see that I wasn't wrong. You know, I think that moment, uh, it was a very special moment uh, and it was a loss. But the character, the personality and the football that the team played on that game, it showed me that we had something very, very special on this change room now. Coach, I have a, another question for you because going off of what Jenny mentioned about how you went from last place last year until this championship and even into these playoffs, you've, you secured the sixth and final seed in the postseason. Gotham has taken on a little bit of this underdog mentality and whether fans want to talk about that or, or teams or media – how have you seen the characteristics of this group um, fight and scrap in, in order to make their place in this championship game? Well, I think that, that the staff of the underdog has been all year, really. No, I remember, uh, I think I mentioned before this, uh, an interview to Lynn that was viral no? when, when we were 3 nil up at halftime in in Seattle, and, and then she said something like, oh, the rest of the people is surprised, but we are not. And and that's true because, uh, you know, Lynn represented there what, what we all do here. We we work every day from day one to win. You know, we know we can win. We know we can play our style. We know we can compete against anyone. But obviously, when you look from the outside, we are the team that finished bottom last year. So uh, I think that that was something that for us, it doesn't come as a surprise because we work every week to to win. We always talk about, you know, we kind of open the window so everyone can see inside the house of what we do when, when it comes to Sunday. But every day at the at the training ground, these players have been <laughs> tremendous, the effort, the hard work they put in there, how they, they have faced every single session this year. It's, it's been amazing and that work is what, what it got us here. So I understand from the outside that maybe we are not the team that that everyone thought was going to be here. But if you ask any of these players, they had no doubt that they were going to be here. So I'm very, very happy that that they were rewarded with it. But as I said, we we are here not to play the final. We're here to win it. So hopefully we can make it happen. Oof. I like Coach, that. Coach, in your prior meetings with OL Reign, you've both won one and lost one. What are your expectations coming into this match and how do you expect to sort of maneuver? I know they really do like to close down those flanks on you guys. Do you have a game plan in mind? Yeah, well, I think both games have been really, really special for us in the home game. I think we came back on, 
on the back of beating LA was the second fixture of the year, so it was very early. But it showed us that we we needed to to keep growing a lot and, and fix a lot of things. And that was a game that it really kind of pushed us forward to make sure that that, that we work even harder. And I think the game away was probably one of the the best performances in one of the hardest places to do it because uh, we all know how hard it is to play in, in that stadium. But what you've done in the past, it doesn't matter. You know, I think um, history is all the time waiting to be written. And if you think that the history in the past is going to help, it really is not. No, we can see that with our run here on the playoff where nothing has ever done it from the sixth place to go through. So if we will have come with history. We will be out. I don't know how many times the, the championship team then that year before plays a semifinal at home and and loses it, especially being in a, such a difficult place like Portland. So we've changed that. So we just want to make sure that we can keep changing history and, and writing our own. No? Uh, and, and that has to happen tomorrow. All right, Coach. I just want to end on a positive note here. We've heard you speak to your team in those team talks, and you are so energized. I know this is press, and you're not that excited to talk um, here. But I, I mean, Kenny, even, even his words right there, I'm <laughs> ready to go. I'm ready to go. Pre-game uh, talk going into tomorrow. You know, we have a broadcast for tomorrow. Can you give us a little bit of, of what you're going to inject into your team before that? Well, that's difficult to be done, to be done now because, uh, honestly, when I talk to them, I really don't prepare anything. I try to talk to them from, from my heart. I think that's a lot of who I am. I'm very passionate, and that passion is what drives me on my career to, to get to this point. So I'm very honest with them when I tell them those things. But for me, tomorrow is going to be... Uh, they go here for being themselves, for being ourselves. So it has to be something we have to go out there in in the biggest stage, probably probably in the in the world of football at club level. I compare the Championship final and then WSL is probably something similar to the Champions League final in in Europe, and a lot of people is going to be watching, and, and they have to watch Kohan Football Club. Uh, that's who we are. That's how who we've been all year, and that's what we want to represent and install in. In, in the world of women's soccer. So we have to just make sure that we go out there and, and enjoy being ourselves and playing our style. You know, that's what it got us here. That's who we are and that's who we want the world to see and, and appreciate every single one of these athletes that have been amazing this year. No? Thank you so much, Coach. We really appreciate you coming on and sharing some time with us ahead of the final. And we wish you the absolute best of luck. Thank you very much, guys. I really appreciate you. All right, we have more Attacking Third coming up next. And we have the Attacking Third ladies out in San Diego. They're going to give us the latest news on tomorrow's match. You won't want to miss it. Stick with us. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. There is less than 24 hours until the NWSL Championship match kicks off. And earlier today, we spoke with our very own Sandra Herrera and Darian Jenkins, who are in San Diego on the ground. Darian caught up with Quinn from OL Reign. Let's listen in. Hi, I'm Darian Jenkins here with OL Reign's Quinn, who have just made it to the NWSL final. Congratulations first. How does it feel to be here? 
Yeah, I mean, it feels amazing. Um, we've been working towards getting to a final for years now with mm -hmm. the rain, and so it's exciting that, you know, now's finally our moment. Now, rain have made it to the final, or to playoffs six different times. Three shield wins and three finals. What's going to give you the edge to bring home the championship? Yeah, I mean, I think we struggled for a long time getting past that semifinal. I know with my time on the rain, it's been difficult to get past that point. And so mm -hmm. I think it's really an exciting time for us being in the final. Um, it's the last push, and I think we're motivated by, you know, so many different reasons. One of them obviously being Pino's retirement. Um, and then as well, all of our original players here on the team, we just have so much motivation for them to, to get that final. What's been the biggest lesson playing with Pino? Obviously, it's her official last game. We've been wondering the last three games, is this the last one? Are, is Ring going to make it? What's the motivation behind, you know, having Pino on your team and being in this moment? Yeah, I mean, I think I... I look back at her impact that she's had both on and off the field. I think on the field, it's the confidence bit. I think all of us have learned a lesson or two about the confidence that she carries and how we can take that into our own game. And then off the field, just the impact she's made for women's soccer. And then as well as a whole, a whole bunch of different causes around the world. I think it's just been uh, so impactful in so many different ways. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And you're also creating so much impact on and off the field. And thank you for that. What um, a big thing that I've really liked seeing is you and Sonnet in the sixth position in that double pivot. Have you enjoyed playing in that with her? I know she's usually a center back, but how's that been with that adjustment with her in the six with you? Yeah, I mean, I think it's been a lot of fun to play with Sonnet in the midfield. She just brings such a calm presence that I do as well in, yeah. in the game. She's just she's a very composed, clean player and as well, just such a defensive presence, such mm -hmm. a great person to get stuck into tackles. And so I think that's been hugely helpful to our team. Yeah, definitely. It's given you guys an edge and I love to see it. Mm -hmm. Now, we talked to Veronica Latsko and to Jess Fishlock about your team's celebrations when you score. Are there any plans of doing some sort of chicken dance or I don't know when you get a goal this this next game? I don't think there's any planned celebrations. I honestly think the best <laughs> ones are just off the cuff and they're just, I think that's a testament to how our team is, just the kookiest, wildest celebrations always. Yeah, that, this is true. I love to see it. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me and yeah, good luck in the final tomorrow. Thank you so much. Sandra, Darian, it is so good to see you guys. Look sunny and beautiful out there in San Diego. How is it on the ground? I'm loving it out here. Look, I flew in from Chicago. It's officially gray <laughs> season out there, so getting out here in the sun in San Diego has been a delight. Yeah, it's a beautiful day, if you can't tell. All right, ladies, I need to ask you this because Snapdragon Stadium is hosting this championship, which is massive. However, it is a neutral site for OL Reign and for Gotham FC. Since you've been in in the city, walking around, it's talking with fans, have you noticed there's more of a lean towards either team? Oh, great question. I'm going to say it's still a little early, honestly. I, but I do think that uh, this is going to be a great final for neutral fans. I think the announcement yesterday uh, during some media availability that there's already going to be a new record that's mm -hmm. been obtained for a championship final I think is very, very exciting. And there's still some time in the buildup for some ticket sales to, to get boosted. So I think we'll really have a final determining answer once we actually get to see the bodies through the turnstiles. Mm -hmm. I agree. And it's, you know what, it's great to see from final to final the last three years how much more investment there is to making this the experience we know it can be. So I think there's going to be a lot of neutral fans here. You're totally right. Uh, but yeah, it's too early to tell. All right, ladies, what has it been like talking to the players, seeing them train? I don't know. What's on the ground when you're on the ground? 
I think for me, the most unique thing talking to players is just that there has been the perspective of the different feeling around mm -hmm. this particular championship final. I think when you look across the board uh, for both teams, you can point out players who have been at this moment before, whether for O.L. Reign, it's obviously the OGs and Megan Rapinoe, Lauren Barnes, Jess Fishlock, including Laura Harvey as well, having been at this moment before. But Gotham, Lynn Williams has been in what? Like every single yeah. final known to man. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, Emily Sonnet as well for O.L. Reign. Lots of players who have been in this moment. And to hear them all talk about the growth a little bit what Darian was touching on that this environment in San Diego it feels different it feels different than having been here before and that's been really nice to hear from everyone you could see the investment matching the temperature for for all the players who have been here before for the coaches who have been here before they're very excited with all of the events and all of the excitement around this championship final yeah, I completely agree. And I think speaking to a lot of the players, the sort of calm confidence and support that they're feeling finally with the investment into this league and the fan support, getting the recognition that they deserve and just the media attention of showing the world, this is women's soccer. This is the best of the best. Tune in. And it's great to see the players finally getting rewarded for that. And there's a lot of just calm confidence and energy going into tomorrow. Okay, ladies, I have to get the maybe a little bit too early predictions from you. Obviously, OL Reign have been here twice before and lost in the final. This is Gotham's first go at this. Now, trying to be as impartial as possible. What do you think, Sandra? You're going to me first? All right. I'll be brave. I got a feeling I know who Darren is going to be pulling for, but after spending some time with both teams yesterday at Media Day, I got to say it feels pretty even. The energies from both teams are very, very high. They're the level of belief out of this world mm -hmm. uh, from both teams, so there, I don't think there's actual advantages in terms of that stuff. But I'm going to give a little bit of the experience X factor to Ola Rain. I'm going to go with Ola Rain as the victors, lifting up the trophy in this one. Uh, I just think after talking to Laura Harvey, talking to so many players, and having covered multiple NWSL championship finals in the back uh, in the past, sometimes it does come down a little bit to having been here at this moment before. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out because there's so many players who have been there before on both sides. Uh, but I'm here for the parody, so I'm going to go with Lorraine <laughs> just because I have a feeling I know where it's going. You don't know where I'm going. No, you do. You're right. Uh, no, I, I completely agree. I think it's, you know, Rain definitely has the experience of getting to this point numerous times. But I also think that can be somewhat of a detriment. You've made it to this point. What's the edge? What's going to push you to bring home the championship? I think Gotham, this is neutral. You know what? If I wasn't, whatever. I think Gotham just has this fresh energy where there's nothing to lose. They fought so hard to get to this point. Uh, Coach Juan Carlos Amoros, I think, has brought so much energy to this team, and they all want to win this game for him, for Ali Kriegs. Going from the bottom of the table to the top and making it to the end of ESL final is not an easy feat. And so I think with this kind of buzzing energy and excitement to go into the match, that may be a little bit more in favor against Rain. All right, Darian, you mentioned it there. Allie Krieger on one side for Gotham in her final game. Megan Rapinoe on the other side for O.L. Reign in her final game. Where do you guys see this one going in terms of the legend, right? Because there's going to be so many fans there that are there for their last game. Like, in terms of Megan Rapinoe and Allie Krieger, but then what, where does it go in terms of 
the fan base section, I guess. You know, are there gonna be more people out there for Megan, more people out there for Allie? <laughs> I, guess, I guess we'll find out. I mean, I said we're going to find out tomorrow, but I, I, I hear you, Jenny, in terms of like the magnitude yeah. of, of that storyline. Uh, I will say having some fun with the two of them at media day, chatting a little bit about it. I, I've been I've been saying it here on A3. I'm like, this is the Y2K championship. <laughs> this is the championship for the 99 and 2000s. Like, let's do it. Um, and they're they're feeding into that energy. I mean, mm -hmm. I was asking the two of them, like, if they had to throw a song into the mix from that specific era for the championship final, like, what would it be? And Megan Rapinoe hit me with the bye-bye-bye for, hey. for Gotham. And, <laughs> and Allie, Krieger, Allie Krieger went a little bit, Allie Krieger went a little bit more hyped. She was all here talking about you know, play some Nelly hot in here, play some oh, Cisco. Yeah. I was like, okay, Sally <laughs> Krieger. So they are, they are locked in. Um, and so I, I think in terms of the energy that they're going to bring, the fans that are going to be here to celebrate them neutrally, I think it's going to be, uh, ex uh, the level of excitement is going to be high. Um, but in terms of where it's going to go from here, I think it's exactly where they want it to be. Ali Krieger spoke to that a little bit when I asked her about being in this moment and it's what she's always expected it to be. Mm -hmm. And if she and her era specifically the generation of players had anything to do with it they had always believed that this level of enthusiasm and investment would have arrived to this moment in the league yeah i think it's perfect poetry right ali krieger and megan rapino's final games in the nwsl championship players who i've styled my own game after and watched what since i was a kid dreaming to be in their shoes, um, whether in the NWSL or for the national team, what have you not, and all of the amazing work the two of them have done on and off the pitch and just fought for equity in this league and for the individual players. So them getting to this moment and, you know, whoever wins or loses obviously you want to win, but you're leaving this game so much better than when you started it. And I think that's really what encapsulates this moment and why every fan is cheering for the both of them. Oh, 100%. Beautifully said, both of you guys. We're so happy to have you from San Diego. We appreciate your time. Yeah, get some sunscreen on, ladies. You're standing in the sun out there. Girl, I don't need sunscreen. Come on. <laughs> An umbrella handler. I need Someone it. to follow you I both around. <laughs> I, need, right. I need that sunshine. Let it beat me. <laughs> you, need, you need that before you go back into the gray, Sandra. <laughs> Thanks, ladies. That's right. There is more to come on Attacking Third. We're going to be talking about tomorrow's final when we come back. Stay with us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to Attacking Third. Yesterday, the National Women's Soccer League announced a four-year contract for media distribution with CBS Sports, ESPN, Amazon Prime Video, and Scripps Sports. CBS Sports will air a minimum of 21 games. The deal is set at $60 million per year. CBS Sports remains the official home of the NWSL Championship, though. Ladies, this is massive news. The amount of distribution allows other people to be able to reach the NWSL and to see the product that is here. 
$60 million. That, that is a bag. That, that is a bag. That is awesome. That is so what the, the league deserves and these players deserve. And, of course, there's an expansion next year because there will be two more teams entering the league. So that just uh, makes for more games, more competition, and more access for the fans to be able to watch it. And we still get the final, ladies. Yes. Love it. The access is the most important part, Christine. How excited are you Absolutely. about this? Absolutely. I just feel like this is yet another domino in a series that we've toppled for years that the growth continues, the desire is there, the fandom is expanding. With that, the league will continue to expand. It's, it's very, very exciting. We've gotten sold-out crowds, which we haven't seen before, and that's not just happening just in the States as a domestic product. It's everywhere. So I think that everything's moving in the right direction. It's almost like if you invest in something, it grows. <laughs> I love, I love that coming from you. Um, as it. we talk about CBS Sports still being the home for the NWSL championship match, let's go ahead and preview the match that is happening this weekend. Uh, OL Reign and Gotham, I want to make sure that we get all of our things out on the table before tomorrow, Lisa. Yeah, I mean, you have to look at both of these sides. OL Reign, this is their first return to the championship since 2015. Gotham, they went from 12th place last year to the final. They were sixth in the playoffs this year. So a bit of an underdog story for New Jersey, New York side. However, both of these sides have a lot to overcome. They split games throughout the, the regular season. OL Reign is going to have to rely on their defensive compactness, and then a bit of magic when they get into the attacking end, whipping crosses in. They lead the league in crosses completed in their final third. Gotham, they're going to have to try to slow that down. Now, they lead the league in uh, conceding crosses. They've conceded the least amount of crosses. So they're going to do a good job with that. It's ultimately going to be a battle. I think that with that, they do have that risky high line, but they really do love their one-on-ones. I don't think there are very many other players that, like, if you're going to feast, like you have Midge up there, you have a Lynn Williams, like they lick the plate, okay? They enjoy it. Um, I, I, I don't know. I feel like both managers are extremely tactically nimble and, like, very flexible, almost in a scary way that, like, you don't know how it's, it's going to be a chess match. Yeah, it for sure is. I think the transition game is going to be really big for Gotham. They are number two in the league in possession. They like to keep the ball. They want to isolate their wingers, Midge Purse, Lynn Williams, in 1v1 situations, look to get in behind. I, I don't know. I like it. Plus, we've got legend Allie Krieger yes. against legend Megan Ripley. We know the legend story, but I just want to make sure I say this because I was on Box to Box earlier today and I gave this shout and I want to make sure no one misses it when it does happen. Yasmeen Ryan is going to be the mm -hmm. difference maker for Gotham. And I want to make sure I said it here too so that people know that I said it here. And if it doesn't happen, you didn't hear me on either show. <laughs> you know Yasmeen's been building up to this all along. You've seen yes. it all season. And I think that Gotham has made a lot of wise, very calculated decisions in Lynn Williams, Esther Gonzalez, Yasmeen Ryan this season mm -hmm. that they've built a squad that can ride on this. But then you talk, so obviously Gotham's front line, incredibly mm -hmm. strong, you know, every single one of those players. Esther Gonzalez coming on the back end of winning a World Cup shows you the amount of investment that Gotham has put into this. But then you talk about um, O.L. Reign, Lou Barnes, Jess Fishlock, and Megan Rapino being on the um, team for so long for sure. uh, is incredible. You also have Balser that you have to worry about. You have Rapino, the, the season legend. Okay, we have so much more. Thank you guys for joining us on Attacking Third. Be sure to tune in to our NWSL Championship Final coverage starting at 6 p.m. right here on the Golasso Network tomorrow.
Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. 